This is the thing. Recording. Oh, it's I, it's like the trapeze artist. The tra- trapeze artist is always the last. It is his responsibility or her responsibility to check the wires and shit before they get on. If they fall, they can't blame a stage hand, right? Right. So I'm going to tell you this. Try to make sure before we start every podcast that I hit that fucking record button. I will. Uh, I'll put a. I'll put a sticky. Um, I'll take some sticky notes from work and I'll put one. Yeah. Remind Andrew. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. I am the trapeze artist in this. This is on me if that record button is not pressed. But right. it's nice to have a safety net like the trapeze I, artist. They also have a safety net. It works perfectly. That, Unless you're uh, Dick Grayson's family, Robin from Batman, no safety net. They all died except for Robin. Is Robin's name Dick Grayson? That is, yeah, Dick That's Grayson. That's a rough name. Yeah, I'd become a sidekick it, too if my name was may, Dick Grayson. Maybe Richard Grayson. His friends get to call him Dick. R- Richie Grayson. I feel like yeah. Dick. If you, yeah, I feel like I feel like Dick Grayson sounds better than Richard Grayson. I yeah. Don't know. Like I'd go with Richie Grayson if I really if I were really dialing it down. I would like yeah. that's a name that like when you're an adult, if you haven't figured it out yet, you like schedule a week where you're like, OK, next week I'm figuring out what I'm going to fucking call myself. Yeah, I got to pitch it. to. I got to do a pitch meeting to all of my friends. Who's, what, about, who, what, what about Rick Grayson? Yeah, that's Rick Grayson. I that's respect. I'd probably yeah. go with Rick Grayson. One I I had a friend whenever I was a kid whose name was david but his dad's name was david so they named they nicknamed him davy and, okay. I, and now as a, as an adult i always think like at what point do you have to make the switch from davy to david or dave or something because you don't want to be 32 and be called davy by everybody it depends you know? man uh, uh davy jones uh, yeah but he's got a squid face so you have to respect him d- d- well no d- well also d- monkey the monkey davy jones had a baby face though so that works uh yeah. davy bautista i think he goes by that in um in his in his corners right yeah the, uh, the on army of the dead today yeah little little davy bautista is what is yeah is, uh given credit as davy attenborough during doing all those nature documentaries yeah, I just I I felt so bad for him because l- from the time I knew him until I didn't know him, you know, in high school, people are calling you Davy, and that can't feel good. Yeah, it's, I, it, well, it depends on who. I, yeah, I, I like because I I've, I've been Andrew my whole life. I don't want to be called Andy. Do not call me Andy. You know right. what I mean? You but you don't Andrew. you don't have a choice. You're dusty. You're there's. A, yeah, I'm not a fraud. You're so in a corner. I, uh, yeah. And I and I dusty my way out of the corner is what I do. What I don't. What if what if you just were like I'm an adult now, and you you do you ever think about going to the courthouse and being like, can I be Dustin? No. When I was a kid, I thought an awful lot about how I wanted my name to change, mostly because I didn't want. I was trying to find an unrhymable name because there's not a lot of good adjectives. Uh, crusty, uh, musty, yeah. yeah, busty, yeah rusty yeah. even rusty and that's just yeah. another name none of those are good but i always thought you know kid logic like oh if someone's name is steve no one will make fun of steve but yeah. they would just they'll just find a different reason to make fun of steve you know what's like, funny about he, steve is the 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 best way to make fun of steve is to just say it with like indignance 
yeah. like Steve, like that's yeah. that's it's it's over. You it's 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 said. You don't have to rhyme it with anything. You just and it's weird because it's not like a a bad name, but like the best way to get at a guy named Steve is to like like uh, aggressively call him Steve. Yeah. Okay, Steve. All right, Something Steve. Like yeah, and yeah. then it's like what. Yeah. What are you making then, fun of my name for? It's like I just said your name. Are you? And, the, and then Sandler ruined it because Scuba Steve. Yeah. Ruins it. Damn yeah. you. Yeah, but there was a good run of Steves where at least it didn't rhyme with anything. Yeah. You know, so Kid Logic made like there's no there's no immediate Steve related jokes. No, there's no there obvious are, ones. Um, yeah, there are a million Dusty related jokes that are really easy. Yeah. You know? Well, you can't rhyme anything with Andrew, but my last name rhymes with I smell. Right. That's got to be so, enough for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it didn't bother me that much. If I actually smelled, yeah, it'd be a problem. But I knew that it was just like a rhyme thing. So, um, right. How I, a very astute of you as a child to just know. No, I don't. That's, a, that's basically <laughs> all it was. Right. You all might right. say you might say it, but I don't think so. No, I was too skinny to sweat. Like, right. Yeah. Like, uh, and I, and I, I knew I bathed enough. Uh, uh, I, I, I see the people who stink. I do not look like those people. Right. right. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I carry myself. Di- I'm built different than those people. Sure. Uh, so I just knew there, there's a very little chance, unless, you know, there's some gastrointestinal things going on. We're already sure. on to fart jokes, but right. now, now, because you were so thin but you were also so sick so very very sick yeah uh, could people make fun of your thinness due to not wanting to make fun of your sickness not everybody knew i was sick so they would okay. they would they would uh i i got well it was mostly like behind the back stuff i didn't get a lot of like overt like there's always everybody like it's never like oh you're so skinny it's gross bro it's just like Man, you're looking skinny or like uh like uh, making little like uh what size t-shirt you wear comments and stuff like that right. because uh obviously nobody ever could be insecure about being thinner than they're supposed to be. You know what I mean? That's true. You're That's... basically all of your all of your medical problems are a gift from God to make you thin and therefore yeah. pleasant to look at. Yeah, you know how many girls told me like I wish I was as skinny as you. No, you don't. Right. You don't. That's you know you don't want to sit down comfortably <laughs> right you, you don't want to you don't you don't want shirts to fit you well i gotta order my shirts from denmark dusty i look i'm not saying it's a problem I'm i know saying it i'm, is a problem. I'm worked up. You're, you're, you're now what you're doing is you're projecting i'm peed off yeah that's what's going on is i'm peed off <laughs> what i've really done is i've burned my beans is what i've done <laughs> Hey guys <laughs> hey everybody welcome uh, to the smart marks podcast yeah we're a retro wrestling retrospective podcast uh currently without a catchphrase 
Uh, we might work on that, but I, I, I don't know if we're going to. We don't seem like catchphrase guys. No, and The Rock didn't have a catchphrase for quite a while. He he worked into it. And yeah, he took it, most he took most of the good ones. I, so. I yeah, and once we have his uh charisma and traps, we'll uh we'll come up with something cool. Um uh, I am Andrew Idell. Uh I'm a failed stand-up comedian and I'm a, a a dirty rotten pleb when it comes to wrestling. I know nothing. Um I know a little more than nothing. I can't know I can't say I know nothing, but like uh next to nothing um and uh i'm here with my good friend the undisputed king of the marks from the legion of boo <laughs> i like that one uh yeah the the i i've dubbed you the encyclopedia booty manica i i don't like you didn't confer with me before you gave me that name i figured I, you wouldn't like what? that so i've also got i've got encyclopedia macho manica is that okay. better yeah, the Encyclopedia Macho Manica, of which there are many chapters. What about the Encyclopedia uh, Big Vanica? Uh, the Encyclopedia Bin, Big Van Vedica is. Yeah, see, I was, yeah, I was struggling yeah. with that. How about the Encyclopedia Vince McManica? <laughs> I, while he is unfortunately the greatest promoter in wrestling history, Never I, 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 you're right, pal. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to be associated with Vince McMahon because he terrifies me. A man that old should not also be able to look like he could still very easily kick my ass in a fight. Well, yeah, he's in, he's been in the steroid business for fucking 150 years. Okay, so we'll go with tentatively yes. <laughs> the Encyclopedia Macho Manica. Uh, I'm, that one works perfect for <laughs> one, me. One uh, Dusty Godwin. How you doing, Dusty? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I am on vacation currently, uh, so things are going well. Watched That's Army good. of the Dead with pro wrestler Dave Batista earlier today, just to put a, a timestamp on where we are in the lexicon, you know, in the greater pop culture world. I read an article about Dave Batista yesterday. Mm -hmm. Apparently, there's a there's like a a mystery about the size of uh, a piece of Dave Batista's body. Is that true? Have uh, you heard of this? I have. Yes. So the context for this is not unlike our podcast, except it is or it was wildly successful for a long time. Yeah. Uh, there was a website called Kayfabe Commentaries where a guy would sit down, Sean Oliver's his name, and he would interview old wrestlers, previously released WWE wrestlers, various personalities in the wrestling business, and they would give uh what are called shoot interviews where they would talk about the behind the scenes of pro wrestling and for some reason out of nowhere because you had to buy the dvds and i couldn't i didn't buy them all in sequence because sometimes i don't care what this particular guy's talking about so mr anderson and shit right like and he does have one and i don't care what he has to say the only reason that i know that he has one is because he has the the best uh response to this question of all would, time I would love to hear it, but they, I, at some point they, they get fan questions and at some point just someone asked how big is this appendage on Dave Batista? Yeah. And it became an inside joke. They would ask everyone, people who'd never worked with Batista, people who didn't even know who Batista was, just how big is it? And as far as I could tell, you never got a clear answer. Yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> And so I don't know what Mr. Anderson said, but I'm reading Mr. Anderson's right now. 
uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, apparently it's not the appendage. It's it's the uh, the uh, uh, what are the peripherals that are oh, amazing. See. Yeah, that okay. Yeah, I yeah, because the question is always um, the member itself. Yeah, and and Mr. Anderson judoed the question and said, "No, the actual um, impressive thing about Dave Batista's uh, region yeah, is yeah. Uh, is his giant balls." <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, I never heard that. Yeah, and. I mean, to rob a bank surrounded by zombies in what used to be Las Vegas, that takes giant balls. That, that, that certainly does, um, especially so, if, 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 uh, if Tig Notaro's around. That's, that's true. I, Tig Notaro, uh, braver than, than Dave Batista, though. Really? Oh, in yeah. real life or in? Uh, in, in every facet if she had become a pro wrestler if she i don't even know if tignataro knows what pro wrestling is no. but if she did she would be the best pro wrestler in the world due to her ability to not care about it and she's great in that movie she's the best part of that movie she like which uh, is i mean they lucked out that crystal Lee is a monster um apparently yeah um half a monster i'll, I'll sure. give him half a monster um he's more a monster than not a monster yeah sure uh yeah. anyway uh for those listening uh dusty and i have known each other for eight years ish i didn't know the exact number we'll round it up to 20 um we uh work at we worked at a bank together for like a, a it was a it was a mind-numbing job that uh dusty is still attached to this is my first day without that job i quit without having an, even another job we're not making so this is the first episode of this podcast i'm not making any money from this podcast my last one broke up I don't have anything to do. I, this will prove whether or not you are um, you can, you are the Yoko Ono of podcast that you are in. You know, oh, if I our just, podcast, yeah, if our podcast breaks up, I broke up a two man podcast. Yeah, that would be that's a rough one. Yeah, that's, you know, uh, uh, I but I'm I don't just... think so. I th I don't think uh, I don't think it's going to happen because my love for wrestling. And the ability to talk about wrestling overrides uh, any sort of power trips and recording. It would be I, for a Beatles analogy, you'd have to go off and like record your own podcasts alone yeah. and then bring it to me as already completed and then not let me work on it. Yeah. You know? I'm like, yeah. man, I don't believe in wrestling anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's the, it's like three Beatles in, in like in, in junk conjunction with each other. I don't even know which one that was. It might be John and George had a baby and that's what he talks like. Yeah, babies uh, always inherit accents, you know, they straight away. Yeah. Immediately. Yeah. yeah the, the, the little, I think Sean is John and Yoko and he came out and he was like, imagine <laughs> he was in there just thinking of things to imagine. Yeah. He hadn't seen any of them yet. So um, imagine there's some baby food. Yeah. Imagine there's even some people. I don't know <laughs> that there's any people out there. Uh, yeah. So we, as I recall, we ended up working together. I transferred into a department that Andrew worked in. Yeah. And he was training me to do that job. And it sort of came up uh, through happenstance that I liked 
pro wrestling yeah. as an adult man. And it was funny because it, it like you eased it onto me. Like you didn't, you you weren't like, hey, by the way, this is something I've been obsessed with forever. I was just like, huh? in wrestling, huh? And then I, but I did the worst thing. I did the, and I, I, I sincerely apologize to you. And anybody listening, this is the dumbest. This is the, this is what you all get when you hear when people say things. Uh, when you when people find out that you like wrestling, this is what they say to you. I did it to Dusty. I said, you don't think it's real, do you? Which is fine. Yeah. And I've I, a multi a multi answer as to why I didn't just throw it on you because I had learned. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, a thing that you that you hold back because we initially bonded over. You had a lot of uh, comedians pictures yeah. up on your on your cubicle. And I'm a fan of stand up. And so we were able to sort of bond over that. And I uh, there's not even a reason why I didn't just one day be like. Hey man, you ever heard of the Undertaker? You're because all you're like super nervous, like you're about to tell me you have a kid or something. We're dating on Tinder, and you're like, oh, what do I right. tell? Do I tell him today? I, you know, what about WrestleMania? It's coming <laughs> up, and so yeah. <laughs> we, uh, the but the what happens is, yeah, the first thing that happens anytime that you tell someone that you're into pro wrestling, what. Well, either either as a kid or as an adult is someone wants to immediately let you know that it is not real yeah yeah and, th that thing you like it's stupid yeah dusty it's, it's it's both stupid and it's fake and you're stupid for watching the thing that is fake yeah on tv and so uh, but i had wrestling not ruined because obviously i love it but the illusion that it was real was taken from me very young. I was renting a wrestling video as a child from a video store, which is, I, if anyone ever listens to this who's under 30, they have no idea a bunch of the words I just said. Yeah, but, well, it, 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 I'm, I'm 30 on the dot, and that is hilarious. Yeah, that's, uh, I went to Blue Moon Video in the town where I live uh, that is now a smoke shop. Hell uh, yeah. Yeah. Damn straight and, it is. And they rented me i remember what it was it was uh survivor series 1989 i rent i went up to rent it and the woman who worked at the counter looked at me i'm seven years old yeah she looked at me and she said you know this is fake right? as a seven-year-old she told you that yes let's go I let's think, find her do you, I, do you do you remember her name i don't she was just a cranky lady that worked at the video store and i don't know if she thought she was saving me or not but if i had taken up or she was just a maniac. Like if I had taken up Oliver and company and tried to rent it, would she have also been like, you know, dogs don't actually talk or like have secret friendships in the city of New York. Right. Yeah. Like a, bar I, a Barney VHS, you know, dinosaurs have been dead for millions of years. Right. Stupid. Yeah. So I don't know what my, my thought is, cause I've talked to a lot of my friends about it. What I think tends to happen is people think it's real for longer than than i did or they they buy the idea that it's real and then they learn that it's predetermined and that upsets them for some reason and then they want to alert other people that that is the case yeah and people like a lot of people just like shitting on like what other people like and especially wrestling is like we've talked about this before it is particularly offensive to people um not because of the bra and panty matches or the homophobia 
or the stinking the overt racism in a lot of rampant rampant amount of blood yeah it's it's none of those things it's because uh it's fake and and they but we've talked about this before it's because they 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 think that you're watching it well at seven you probably were but uh uh, of advanced age wrestling uh wrestling fans you fucking dorks who watch it all the time uh just kidding uh you guys they think you watch it like you watch the super bowl they 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 think that since there is a live crowd it is a live show it is sports adjacent that you are going in there and literally playing make-believe which sometimes i've been to wrestling shows sometimes it feels like you're playing make-believe like in a good way you know what i mean like you're, you're taking over like you know what i mean you're a mark you're marking yeah. out um i googled some vernacular before this uh, right you want to um, you want to sound like an expert on on a podcast yeah sure. So yeah. I, I, I think that's part of it. And, and uh, because they don't know. And, and uh, there was a you sent me a video, a YouTube video that was like uh, talking about this exact thing where it's like the how to watch pro wrestling. It's not what you think it is like in terms of uh, you don't watch it like a like a sporting event. You watch it like a production. Like I've always said, it's a it's a soap opera but they settle all their disputes in this little ring. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's I it's very it's it's very silly to imagine that people used to take it more seriously. I don't I hear old-time promoters or I hear guys from the 60s and 70s and 80s who say like the problem is now no one believes wrestling is real and they used to think it was real. Yeah. And I, I have a hard time. Maybe they did. I don't know. But I have a hard time believing that they thought like, okay, these two guys are fighting each other. But if one guy throws the other guy into the ropes, that guy bounces back off of those ropes mm-hmm. and lets the other guy punch him. And then if things get heated enough, the two guys decide, you know, the only fair way to settle this is we lock each other in a giant steel cage and mm-hmm. fight to presumably the death because mm-hmm. no one can get in that cage. But once the, the referee counts three or I climb out of the cage, it's fine. I've given up my grudge against this dude. And so I, I don't know, maybe there are elements of it that people thought were real, but I think it's always just been, it's uh, to me. And I don't, I don't want to get hyperbolic on the first episode of the podcast. It's just fucking everything, man. It's my it's so world, good, man. man. Right. <laughs> I think it's the, I think it's the purest form of an, of American entertainment. It is, it comes from carnivals. It's a bunch of dudes who got together and thought rather than really hurting each other and beating each other up, we'll pretend to hurt each other, but we'll make other people think that it's real and then make them pay to watch us fight. Yeah, but but I don't want to actually get punched because that sucks. So I'm going to pretend to punch this guy, but I'm going to try to make it look as real as possible. And it's got all of this sort of carnival, low rent, like high, uh, like grifter energy that is oh, dude. American. It, like, like I, I want to see what it looked like in the eight in like 1980 or 1979 or something, because we watched and it, this episode We'll probably release at the same time. We watched WCW Uncensored '96, and I finished it today. That's the carny trashiest, <laughs> yeah, production I've ever seen. I've been to carnivals, Dusty, and yeah. the, the the most carny trash 
production I've ever seen in my life is WCW 96. Yeah, that's so uh, ultimately we, I end up telling Andrew, oh yeah, I am into wrestling and it starts one with the, but you know, it's not real. And then we, we get past that and then it becomes like, uh, I don't, unfortunately, I don't just like wrestling as sort of a thing that's in my other purview of interests. Yeah. I like, I know so much more about wrestling than almost anyone else I know and enjoy watching all types of wrestling and have for a very long time. So then it sort of becomes this rabbit hole where it's like, Oh no, I don't, I don't just watch it on Monday and I haven't just picked it up. It's been since I was five years old, I've loved this thing. And yeah. somehow that made you so interested that you came to my house to watch WrestleMania 30. Yeah, man. I, I, I was, I was intrigued. Like I, I was like, how, you know what I mean? Not, not, and, and not because like I didn't hate it at the time. I liked it as a kid. And then I kind of left. Like I didn't have the anger that most people did, even though I did big league you with the, you know, it's fake, right. Or whatever. And you were like, what, excuse me. That's, not, that's how you responded by the way. Uh, but uh, yeah, I was, I, I like it when, in, and I think I told you at the time, I like it when anybody is like super into something that I know nothing about. I met a guy at a party one time in uh, Ventura, um, big party, hundreds of people there. I met a guy who was into like paddle ball. It's, it's like tennis. I, I, I can't remember. I can't remember if that's exactly what it's called. Uh, there's, there's probably paddle ball freaks on our, uh, in our listenership that are losing their minds right now, but it is they're like, scream, they're just screaming at the, yeah, at their phones. It's, it's, there's a lot of nuance to it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it's a sport that's ten, tennis adjacent. And it's, I think it's mostly played by rich people. And uh, he was like gung ho and he had like the coolest paddles. And like, he took me up to his room and was like showing me all of his shit. And I was enthralled, bro. Like I didn't talk to any girls that night. I talked to this guy for like two hours and, uh, it was the same thing with wrestling. It's like, if somebody like, I knew there were people that were into wrestling, but I didn't know there were people that were into wrestling that I wanted to talk to. Like, but, you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I didn't want to talk to the, it's still real to me. Damn it guy. I wanted to talk to a guy that I already like that, that, that is also uh, a, 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 a freak with all this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's, interesting i think it plays into a part of your uh, personality which will probably come out in the podcast also where like i remember at one point when we were working together you got super into cricket for some reason oh yeah dude i still and love cricket like, but i don't watch it that much anymore yeah there was like six months where you were really into cricket and like yeah. going home and watching the cricket matches and then reporting back to me and i think it's uh, like not that not that loving football in that way, or even you love baseball or loving baseball in that way is yeah. not interesting, but I think there, there are interesting things about somebody not not myself necessarily, but like things that are not in the mainstream that you find like juggalos. Yeah. Interest me to no end because yeah, I, but you can't find a cool one to talk to. So <laughs> right, and I can't, I can't get into it. I can't pass the barrier of getting into their like the music because i don't enjoy the music i can't drink, I, I, just, I, I can't drink enough soda 
yeah the you know, it'll hurt your stomach yeah and so that's too much vago for you you, <laughs> you can't even get it on you <laughs> yeah, mess my, you up my skin boils like i took a tuberculosis test <laughs> yeah so i but like that fascinates me and i if the but the hurdle to get into the world is too high and god bless them if they i it's it is far be it for me as a person who loves pro wrestling which i admit is very silly yeah to then come out and say like oh the insane clown posse makes no sense to me and i don't understand why you would love it because wrestling is fun and it's easy to enjoy even really bad wrestling if you if you keep in mind that it is a show and then sometimes there are going to be bad shows it's no different than a bad movie or yeah. a bad TV show or whatever. But whenever it's really good, a lot of the stuff that I like about real athletics is heightened because it's wrestling and because it can tell a story. Yeah. So, and there's, uh, you know, I, I called it carny trash earlier, but I say that almost as a term of endearment. Like I love watching that shit. Like, uh, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have called most of the show that we watched good, but in terms of like, you don't know, that, spoil the review. Andrew. Oh, Oh, sir, that was high art. Like I, I have a, I, I've done two really bad British accents in this episode already. Uh, but uh, I, I wouldn't like, but it was still, and and that like era is still like, I can't look away. And I think there was a period like, cause that leads into, you know, going into like the gnarly, crazy, uh, hottest era ever. And then uh, you get this big cool off and like uh, a lot of the more recent, like not now stuff, but like maybe what is it? 2021, maybe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there was a, there was a real like uh, period where that I felt was a lot more boring than now uh, based on the very limited amount that I've seen. But there's a, there's like a, there's like a, a area in the middle of wrestling that I find hard to watch. But if you're over here in like the wacky, like terrible, like uh, incoherent uh, macho stuff, that's cool. And then if you're over here with like the the best New Japan wrestling or like a really good Daniel Bryan match or something like that, where it's, there's a lot of good tec technical stuff going on, uh, I'm into that. But there's just this sliver in the middle where it's like it's tough. And I because I like the. I like the heightened stuff. You can have boring, a whole boring wrestling show. Like the entire show is boring and um, nothing's bad enough and nothing's good enough. That's what I struggle with. Everything else. Yeah. Is cool. And I think, I mean, so the, through our, through our friendship, Andrew started, started coming over and watching wrestling with me about 2014. He would come over and watch all the big pay-per-view events at my house and then we have mutual friends who also love wrestling. Uh, it turns out yeah. they were Andrew's friends and then became my friends because yeah, we started so. going to right. Thank you for mm -hmm. uh, Michael and Erica, by the way, but <laughs> they, we started going to their houses to watch wrestling. So there's a good four to five year period where Andrew's in it as, as much as pretty much any casual fan is. And that's as much as I'm sort of in it now. Um, I watch AEW weekly and then I keep up with what's happening in the WWE by watching the pay-per-views and I listen to 
other podcasts and read reviews of the other shows because I just I don't have three hours to watch Monday Night Raw because it is exactly what you're talking about. Like it is it is technically fine as a wrestling show by all merits, but it isn't doing anything that is super interesting to me as a fan now. Like at least uncensored 96 for as good or bad as it could be something is going on that's always interesting to watch like even if it's bad it's doing something like i sort of relate it to um the band the strokes from everything i've heard they are a perfectly acceptable live band they Mm -hmm. play all the songs correctly everything's in tune everything's in key Uh, the time signatures are right they play everything fine but it is a boring rock and roll show to go to because there's nothing inherently fun about it. It's sanitized. Yeah. So like while you're going to it and you're seeing a technically good version of the thing you want to see, like WWE, all the guys know how to wrestle. They do the moves. Well, the stories are not interesting to me and AEW. While in my opinion, we can get into it maybe at a later point in time like some of it's a train wreck and some of the booking doesn't really make sense to me and some of the characters are not interesting to me they're at least going for something big yeah and that is way more interesting you know that 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 makes sense i uh it's like seeing a punk it's like seeing a punk rock band that doesn't quite have it but at least they're doing something you know yeah it's it's just like I, I, yeah, I want to see a disaster. Like it's, 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 it's like uh, MMA. Uh, you and I both really enjoy MMA. There is um, John Jones versus Alexander Gustus Gustafson. That's like upper echelon, like almost as good as it gets. There's been very few fights that have been as good as that one. It's two really good guys in their prime doing a lot of really technical things. And then there's Dada Five Thousand versus Kimbo where two men who are barely trained went in there and almost died. Dada 5000, I think his heart stopped twice. And uh, that's not why I liked it. I liked it because it was a disaster. Like <laughs> these guys were falling all over each other because they just couldn't. They were they were too tired to, ha- to pick their heads up off the ground. You know what I mean? So like, but I, I watched every second of it. And I watched it, I think, again after the fight. But then when you like, if you're watching something where, you know, and, and, and I don't always dislike fights on the ground. There's a lot of little cool things that happen down there. But if you see like a decent wrestler versus a decent striker and the wrestler kind of just takes him down and, and controls him the whole fight, like that's good technique. And it's like done well. And that guy did his job and, and you can't really hold it against him or anything. But I don't want to watch three hours of that right exactly and uh so yeah i i really the thing that really got me was i like the performance aspect of it like i we've talked i i i could almost care less about what happens in the ring um there are certain things that i like in the ring i like dumb gimmicky stuff i like uh you know uh kevin owens has some cool things that i really enjoy in the ring and I like real, I, I like acrobatics, all that stuff. But I like, like, asshole characters. I like production value. I'm, I always root for the heels. Um, I like, you know, uh, Bobby Roode's 
glorious was it glorious victory is that what it's called yes that intro. song oh my god like that song made me watch uh probably made me watch wrestling for a little bit longer than i than i even would have like that song and in, in nakamura's entrance before they started shorting shortening it and like i guess that's when he went to wwe right yeah well, out of nxt yeah they shortened all of his entrances and yeah, really ruined is... like one of the better things about his wwe presentation yeah it was like because he had that he has that moment where he like he hits the ropes and he like falls backwards and it was timed perfectly with his song like he he did it all the time he would time it perfectly with his song it was great and i don't know if they fixed it since but because i haven't seen it in a while but when they shortened it it's a completely different thing now like he doesn't it's it, 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 i don't know if he was like messing it was awkward to him at first or anything like that but um it was a whole different story like it, it's not the same he didn't nail it every time he didn't have the thing and like it took a little bit of a mystique away and then they just had him freaking keep hitting people in the nuts yeah i i think it's the wwe product now is very stale like even whenever you started coming back and would watch it with me there was at least like daniel bryan was there brock lesnar was there yeah there was let cm punk had just left and john cena was doing stuff uh Bray Wyatt was there for you to make fun of endlessly. Yeah, um, stinking bad news, Barrett. But yeah, like there was at least things to look at. It, to your MMA analogy, like I remember when we first started talking and it came up that you liked UFC and MMA, I remember recommending, I think it was a Leota Machida Shogun Hua fight to you. Because mm -hmm. I, I was like, have you seen that fight? At that point, it was one of the crazier five round fights of all time. And your analogy is perfect because I would rather watch. That might have been Dan Henderson and Shogun Hua. Oh, maybe. That's what I'm thinking. But I like I would rather watch a thousand Kimbo Slice fights yeah. than any Gray Maynard fight. Even though if you were to ask me, Gray Maynard is a, a, a superior fighter in every aspect. I, I couldn't care less about what Gray Maynard does as either a character or as a fighter. Yeah, I'll, do, I'll, I'll, I'll add a caveat to that except for when he fought frankie edgar that trilogy was amazing but other than that yeah i would agree with you he yeah. got a shit yeah. kicked in by uh ryan hall i think the last time he fought in the ufc uh but if you were gonna master. if you were gonna show like if i were gonna show someone who didn't watch wrestling now something to do with modern wrestling i would have a very hard time thinking of something like to grab somebody who wasn't already kind of in yeah like and in the in the but i have a bunch of things in the past where it's like oh it watch this even as a person who doesn't really care about wrestling this is just fun on an entertainment level and the same thing what's the first fight you're going to show somebody who is a mma like person who's new to it you're going to show them something with a fantastic knockout or a cool submission or a a, like a good slam some sort of like, something like bigfoot silver versus mark hunt they just beat the snot out of each other for five rounds right and that's not what i want everything to be and that's not even mostly what i like but if you're if you're trying to grab somebody you know you you're wanting to show them something that is of interest and i think like right now that's a big wwe problem is i can show my my girlfriend doesn't care about wrestling until she started dating me we can watch AEW and she'll watch a Young Bucks match and she'll enjoy it, even though 
it's not the most technical best wrestling they do a lot of cool things and it's always doing something yeah you know but like on a wwe show what am i going to show her a nia jacks match or something you know not to say any of those people aren't great isn't nia jacks like isn't she like getting really big now (laughs) the well i'm gonna let that lay (laughs) canceled on episode one (laughs) um so uh, i i've been pitching this idea of a podcast to andrew for a while as a like a fun sort of thing to go back because there's a whole bunch of wrestling that he's never seen that i am that i am aware of yeah that i grew up watching that i love and that i think would be fun to have somebody who has a basic like for like i would say earlier you said you don't know anything about wrestling or you know very little i would say you have a a cursory jeopardy knowledge of wrestling like if wrestling came up as a jeopardy category you'd probably get some of the big answers yeah i've seen i've seen a lot of the hits you know what i mean like i've i've seen edge almost kill himself uh jumping off a ladder i've seen uh eddie guerrero and Rey mysterio wrestle for a child uh i've seen um you know, mankind that dying. Um, and like the, there's, there's big check marks that I've, that yeah. I've witnessed. And, um, the cool thing about wrestling is there's those moments, but there's also eras and like there's evolution throughout the form, not only in on the product, which it, of which, the, I mean, there's been a lot, the, the product has changed immensely. Um, but there's also, evolution in how the product is marketed uh the approach of the producers and the uh the owners the what is vix man the president what is he he's the ceo there you go um the 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 way that these people have handled their careers the way that it's uh bled into the entertainment industry um the way that it's even affected like uh real fighting uh, there's a lot of ways in which, like, you know, McGregor is like the and like Ali and all them, like those those guys. There's there's some aspects of professional wrestling that they do when they are trying to, you know, trash talk uh, before fights. And so there's there's just a lot of ways that professional wrestling has kind of informed culture um, in ways that culture doesn't under, doesn't realize. You know what I mean? And to watch it come from where it came from with like you were talking about like the old school like regional uh wrestling like the touring wrestling shows and shit like that because i think that's why kayfabe survived in the 70s is because it was a touring show right wasn't it yeah well and there were small there were small areas nothing was a national promotion yeah so you only had to worry about the tri-state area if you were wwf or wwwf then or like mid-atlantic pro wrestling they only toured the mid-atlantic so and was there any was there any like digital aspect like was it all live at that time uh no there was there were tv there was like syndicated tv Mm -hmm. and like but only really in the areas where you were so from what from what i understand like local access stuff yeah and i came up in like syndicated wrestling the the tail end of syndicated wrestling mm-hmm. but it was you you never got 
main event matches on TV. Rarely did you see the champion on free TV. Everything was driven towards live event, uh, live event gates. So it would be a showcase of your top guys. So, you know, if Jesse the Body Ventura is your main event at Madison Square Garden, you show him on TV, but you show him on TV beating nobodies. Yeah. You, you know, he just comes in, he does his entrance, he hits his big moves, he beats a guy. You rarely got two main event guys fighting each other or wrestling each other on free TV because to get that, you had to pay. It's two, it. it's, it's two nuts instead of one. Like if, if you gave away the big matches on TV um, and then tried to sell tickets to a smaller match, uh, they're, they're like, or a smaller matchup or like smaller stars that aren't, you know, killing the territory and stuff like that, you're going to get fewer people in the crowd. So like if you, if you just show like you dangle the carrot, that is that crazy bastard, Jesse, the body Ventura, if you just dangle the carrot and then say, Hey, he's going to wrestle that fucking guy. And then, uh, and, but you gotta, you know, give me, you know, two pence or whatever it was back when you were born. Um, right. You gotta pony up. (laughs) And so I regional wrestling and there's, there's even, you know, stories like, uh, things that I'm, I'm sure you might not know. We're like, they used to run the same matches in a territory. So like, Given where we live, you know, we live in the, the Central Valley of California. So let's say our territory runs from Fresno, California to Bakersfield, mm-hmm. right? That's our that's our area. So our main event match is, you know, Andrew Idell versus Dusty Godwin. We run it in Fresno. Cut your ass. Ooh, that, <laughs> I'll cut yeah, you up. That's coming. <laughs> and that's that's selling out houses, brother. Let me That'll be you. our first Patreon <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you we run it in Fresno and babyface beats the heel in Fresno. So I'm obviously the heel, by the way. And <laughs> then we run it. Then we run it the next night in Selma. Same thing. We could have the same exact match. Cause nobody's going to see that match except for the people that are in that town. And the people in the towns aren't going to talk to each other. Like the, but you know, in the different towns, they're not saying like, Oh, did you see the exact same wrestling match that I did with the exact same finish last Tuesday night or whatever? So they would that's run, crazy. They would run everything and they change the they change the titles every night in different towns, just you know, throw like the, like so uh, like uh, you'd win the title off of me and in Sanger, and then we'd go to uh you know Dinuba and I'm still the title holder, so you can take it from me again, basically. Yeah, because there's no TV <laughs> to show that I'm the champion yet. And then on our TV show, eventually, if we do a title switch that we want to stick that we want to stick we show it on TV. Yeah. And then that becomes the official folklore, but then like we can run it. And so that, that was it. And there were weekly territories and there were monthly territories and you just ran your towns and you ran your loop and your loop could be as big as areas you could draw money in, you know, but nothing was crazy big, you know, and then, and then Vince showed up, right? Well, Vince's dad, I guess. And then, well, Vince Sr., he promoted New York City in that area. So, like, New York, Pittsburgh, New Jersey, maybe as far as to Chicago. I'm not entirely sure. But he had his region. And his region, because he had New York, was the most profitable region. Yeah, I was going to say, that's probably about as good as it gets in terms of that era. 
Um, yeah. And he had, Mad- he had Madison Square Garden. He had an exclusive deal with Madison Square Garden to run his shows. Fucking A. But he worked with all the other all the other territories because he also knew you can't you can't wear your guys out so like he would get entree the giant because he could pay entree the giant the most money but he knew if you run entree the giant 52 weeks a year he stops being andre the giant and then he's just some big dude that you yeah. see every week so he'd say you know he'd call out to a guy there's a guy in florida named eddie graham who ran florida and the way it used to work, I guess, was he'd say, hey, I'll give you two weeks on Andre the Giant. Uh, I'll send him down there to work for you. And you send me Dusty Rhodes. And I'll do two weeks of main events with Dusty Rhodes versus my champion. And that's how you kept guys fresh. And you rotated guys out and you brought new guys in. And But Vince uh, Sr., so that so he still respected all of the, the sort of territory rules. He just yeah. had the biggest, he just had the most profitable territory. But he was still of the very old time promoter mentality. And then he sold it to Vince Jr., who is currently the CEO and president of WWE. And Vince decided that he wanted to go national. And no one had ever done that before. And he wanted to run everywhere. He wanted to be sort of the equivalent of the the Barnum and Bailey Circus. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you don't run the same, you know, 20 towns every year. You run, you run a hundred towns one time a year. And then you don't have to come up with fresh things to do to keep everybody interested because they're coming for the spectacle. Oh, holy shit. Hulk Hogan's coming to my town. Yeah. And so. Did he have a national TV deal at the time or did, did that come later? No, he had strong syndication in like the new york area mm-hmm. and then he started going to all the other syndicated like to all the other tv stations and saying that he would pay them to put his wrestling on instead of the wrestling they were currently putting on because those places were paying for the content and so it was put vince's wrestling on and he'll pay you to do it yeah and start showing in those markets then he brings wwf to that market and he's got the biggest stars and he's got the best production value like vince did a lot of smart things he he invested in production early and he like him not he wouldn't steal stars but he would i guess he would steal them if you want to talk about it that way but he would make offers to the other territory stars hey come work for me you can make more money if you work for me instead of working wherever you're working at, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure that happened at like, it wasn't like completely unheard of before, but uh, knowing Vince McMahon as a capitalist, uh, I bet he was uh, pretty aggressive with it. (laughs) Well, and it's a lot more unseemly to say, Hey, come work for me and don't work for Eddie Graham anymore. Instead of saying to Eddie Graham, Hey, do you have, you know, can I get a couple of your guys and I'll send you a couple of my guys. Vince yeah. wasn't send anybody to anybody. He was yeah. just accumulating talent. Well, that sounds very Dana White-esque in the sense that uh, Dana will never do cross-promotion. I'm, I'm convinced that unless it's a, in a different sport, like he did with Conor McGregor, um, because like what, what, what the, I'm sure the way Vince saw it was if I lend my, I, I'm, I'm building the wrestling organization. So like, if I lend my guys to that other one, 
then I'm saying that other one deserves my guys. Um, right. Exactly. And uh, I mean, he could even, but the thing that Vince could have done is say, yes, but my guy has to win. Um, which I'm sure, I don't know how that conversation would have went, but Dana can't do that. So like, that's why when, um, right now, uh, Patricio Pitbull is in, um, is in, uh, um, Bellator. He's the champion and he wants to come over and fight some UFC guys. And Dana, like, hasn't even answered the question. Like he's, there has been, uh, of course, Scott Coker, the guy who runs Bellator is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Like, no problem. You know what I mean? But Dana won't let it happen just because, oh, he did it one time with Chuck Liddell. He sent Chuck Liddell to pride and uh, Chuck lost to Chuck was supposed to fight Vanderlei. And I think somebody beat Chuck even before he got to fight Vanderlei. I think he lost to like rampage or some shit. I yeah, he lost a ram. He lost a rampage in Pride, right? That's I, yeah. I th yeah. So, um, I, I think that because Dana was like devastated when that happened, and uh, Chuck was in the back like crying and apologizing to Dana and all these things because he knew what that meant. And then the UFC ended up buying Pride and shutting it down anyway. But um, that was a big deal, and I think I, I wonder if Vince at the time was like. I wonder if anybody offered and he said, my guy, because like, you can, that's the thing in wrestling. Like I said, you can, you can make your guy win, but it right. still kind of does legitimize the other thing. Just even sending your other guy over there. Well, imagine like, unless a real, it's a total squash, like, well, in a real fight, you've got real, you've got a real fight. So it's, it can be astute observation there. Just yeah. Yeah. It can, well, <laughs> it can be, it can be unpredictable, but yeah. in wrestling, you have to negotiate things. Yeah. So if if you have Hulk Hogan in your promotion and I have my I want him to wrestle my best guy. Well, if you're going to send me Hulk Hogan, well, I don't want Hulk Hogan to make my guy look like shit. Yeah. But you're not going to let me book my guy to beat Hulk Hogan. So then you start to figure out, well, what do we do? How much do we give my guy? How much do we give your guy? How do we get out of this where nobody loses? But we also don't piss off the fans by not giving them something they promise like uh, you and that's a very tight rope to walk yeah. is like in the pride fight somebody's going to win and somebody's going to lose again an astute observation but like those fans they don't care they want chuck to win probably but they're happy to see rampage jackson knock him out i want the guy in my town to beat the world champion and if my guy doesn't beat the world champion, if Hulk Hogan came in there and beat that dude in five minutes, there's a riot. If Hulk Hogan. <laughs> if, oh, damn it. I spent <laughs> two weeks of work money on this goddamn. <laughs> yeah. And if Hulk Hogan. People are throwing comes, their teeth at him. <laughs> yeah. If, <laughs> I, I mean, people used to get stabbed. There used to be real riots. Like, uh, because I. Going back to my earlier thing where I thought, where I said, I don't think anybody ever thought wrestling was like really real. There are elements that I think people did think where they thought, well, this is kind of phony or this looks kind of whatever, but like this is real. Yeah. And I'm really upset at these guys, the way they treat the, the baby faces or whatever. There's real heat there. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's of no benefit to Vince if he's the biggest company to lend out his guys to to look like they're just going to look good on another TV station or they're not going to look as good. And he's not going to have as much control to determine how his guys are going to look. 
if they all work for him, he gets to mold whoever, however he wants. I wonder if there was ever like, uh, like, like hits put out on Vince McMahon, like when, oh. during this time where he's like taking over. Cause we, we know that it's, it, these, these aren't stinking Harvard grad thespians that he is no. uh, taking business from. So uh, I wonder if anybody ever was like, we got to kill this guy. Well, there's an, there's a story uh, and I got to get, I, I have to give the, the truncated version or the, the version that I recall from having read it a bunch or, or whatever, but the, uh, so Vince's main competition was the NWA. So WWF is its own thing. It's its own entity. The NWA was a conglomerate of small of territories that all had one governing body. So it's like, you know, they were kind of a union yeah. and they would, they would decide who the world champion was. There's like a governing body and they'd go, okay, we want Ric Flair to be our guy and he'll travel to all the different territories and he'll wrestle the different territories. I bet that's a sweet gig being the champion under that. Uh, he Rick Flair seemed to really enjoy himself being yeah. the champion. Um, but there was an <laughs> old salty dude that was the NWA champion first, Harley Race, who was the NWA champion during the time that Hogan's expansion was happening. And Har- the stories of Harley Race are crazy. He's he, the toughest man who ever lived, apparently. Um, and I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't see what he looks him. like. Oh, yeah. He's he looks exactly like a dude whose name is Harley Race looks like. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah. yeah, yeah. That that dude hits you in the head with a bottle at a at a hoot nanny. Uh, yeah. Curly, so a, a little, little, a little more curly headed than I thought he'd be. That's true, but think about how bastardly you'd be if you had curly hair like that, and then you made it in the wrestling business in the seventies. Yeah. Like yeah. How mean! How mean you had to be. He did look like a mean bastard. I'm guessing yeah. I would be shocked if he was alive. Yeah, dead in 2019. Good for Harley Race, man. Yeah. That's a run. Also, apparently, made delicious barbecue and the nicest man outside of the ring. Sweetheart, uh, Harley. Yeah, Race? apparently so. Would and would invite all the boys over for uh, Kansas City barbecue when they were in town. And that's when Just he was to... the king. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, He's all good. right. But uh so far, so, front runner Snark Mark's favorite wrestler, Harley Race. Well, well, that, that's gonna evolve, it's gonna continually change. But uh yeah. Harley Race is the front runner so far. I'm just peeling back the onion for you, man. Just giving yeah. you more more dudes. But one of Vince's main things was he would come into a territory or where like a territory's top town was, and he'd run opposition to that town. Like, so it's like home so, depot and lowe's <laughs> right exactly so he would run he would run across town on the same day dude god damn it i love and crafty ass vince mcmahon dude it's just but uh harley race heard they were running across town when hogan was the champion yeah and he's like all right i'll be back and he left and he had a gun and he just went to the wwf locker room and just pulled a gun on hulk hogan <laughs> wait the guy we just called a sweetheart out of the ring don't mess with Harley's money, dude. Yeah, that is true. That's, All right, he takes it serious, but he Damn. he carried a gun with a guy named Harley rides. Apparently, that that makes sense. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he rides He's, for his hitters. <laughs> he had a he had a three fifty seven snub nose. I think is the gun on him all the time, just in his bag, because he was he was ready. Had a boy Harley and, race. I feel like a lot of those guys had to protect themselves a little bit. Oh, was yeah. he? Was it? Did was it back in the day? Like, would would Harley race go from? 
baby face to heel, baby face to heel, or no, he was a heel. Oh yeah, he was for most of most. Hell of yeah, the time. he was. He uh, but he yeah, so he would just of his own volition went to the opposition by himself. He didn't take any boys with him. He didn't take anybody. Just him and that gun. And just, you know, he knows guys that work for the WWF. It's all a community or whatever. So they let him in the back and he just goes up to Hulk Hogan with the gun. You know what I bet and Hulk Hogan didn't do? Ask him what he was going to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or have a gun. Hulk Hogan. <laughs> no, no. A uh, guy named Terry. Except yeah. for, except for uh, the only Terry that ever killed somebody was Terry Nichols. And he kind of tangentially killed somebody. Uh, Timothy McVeigh did most of that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so you have, so you have this. So Vince is, Vince is acquiring uh, at the time, the greatest talent roster you could get of wrestlers in that era. So it's also a ton of guys who have a ton of experience having worked all these other places. So you're getting, it would be like, it would be like if you could put together the 27 Yankees on purpose, mm-hmm. right? He's just so, basically getting the all-star team of the, the, all the territories basically, right? Right. In the eighties. And then except for the, and so all those smaller territories, well, now they have to pick from the remaining guys that are left. And there's some pretty good guys, but Vince is so deep. He's running in the eighties. He ran three house shows. Oh, uh, a day sometimes in different cities he'd have an a loop he'd have a b loop and he'd have a c loop and they would all sell and he'd have you know hulk hogan's running the a loop macho man's on the b loop jake the snakes on the c loop and you have all of those guys all run you know as an example i don't know that that loop ever really happened yeah but, yeah, but so, yeah, yeah you know so the only real competition to him is uh basically it was either mid-Atlantic championship wrestling or Georgia championship wrestling. Cause they had Ted Turner put them on his TBS superstation, like at the dawn of cable television. So they got to go national or they could be seen nationally, even though they were a regional promotion. Did they have any household name guys? Yeah. That's where like most of your WCW roster comes from. So like Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Barry Windham, Lex Luger, Sting, all those guys wrestled for the NWA mm-hmm. at the time and wrestled in the Mid-Atlantic Territory more specifically because the NWA is kind of like, I don't know, Capitol Records or mm-hmm. whatever. It's the, it's the umbrella. And yeah. then there are territories underneath the umbrella. It's the UN. So, right. And so, but WCW or the NWA Territory of mid-atlantic and georgia mid-atlantic championship wrestling is mismanaged unfortunately by david crockett who's or uh, jim crockett who's the say his name's davy crockett what a that poor bastard david crockett's his son okay jim (laughs) crockett was if your last name is crockett do not name your child david what is wrong with you it had to have been a thing by then right davy crockett's uh, been around forever maybe that's why he doesn't know I got, I bet that guy figured out the Davy to David transition because you call oh, him yeah. David Crockett. Yeah, you got to be David, and don't yeah. wear that stupid coonskin hat. You know what yeah. I mean? That's uh, but Jim Crockett promoted Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling, and that was the big territory that you could work that wasn't WWF. They mm-hmm. could offer you the most money that wasn't going to be for WWF, but they 
they basically tried to run a national promotion with a regional staff of people. And so they go out of business or they're going to go out of business. And Ted Turner buys Jim Crockett promotions and transforms it into WCW world championship wrestling. And this is in 1989. Mm-hmm. So who'd you, who'd you say bought it? Uh, Ted Turner. Oh, okay. The, Ted Turner, uh, crazy ass. Uh, yeah. Well, cause he wanted to get in the wrestling business. Yeah. So we got dueling yeah. whack job, multi, multi-millionaire, yeah. uh now probably 75 80 year old men uh nowadays uh back then they were just almost old kind of right so ted turner buys wcw the day he buys it he calls vince mcmahon and says i'm gonna do a terrible southern accent this is ted turner's this is the way everyone says ted turner talks but he goes hey vince i'm in the wrestling business <laughs> and vince mcmahon tells ted turner well, that's great, Ted. I'm in the entertainment business. Oh, so God. He fucking it, sunned him. He big-timed him. So if you... But that's a great way to look at the two different perspectives. Vince McMahon doesn't see himself as a wrestling promoter. Yeah. Wrestling is the, the, like the thing that he uses, the vessel that he has to use to try to want to do all these other things. If Vince could be something other than a wrestling promoter, he would, but he is only good at promoting wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like he, but Ted Turner doesn't know how to promote wrestling. He just bought a wrestling company, but he credits uh, Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling with giving TBS like the ratings they needed in the eighties to become the national powerhouse they became. So like he loves wrestling. He loves really? all kinds of pro wrestling. Yeah. And that's why he bought it. So he, he puts a whole bunch of different people in charge, but they all fail. There's a dude who's, who used to be a pizza hut executive. He was in charge for a while uh, there. Then we get to where we're at with our first official review, WCW 1996. They are in trouble. They have, they have not had a profitable year as a wrestling company until maybe 1996, I would need to check my notes, but they've been running six years in the red because they have a bunch of people who don't know how to promote wrestling trying to do it. But at this point they have signed away Hulk Hogan from the WWF, the biggest name in wrestling. If you don't know anything about wrestling, you know who Hulk Hogan is. Your grandma knows who Hulk Hogan is. Like he's the biggest name by Mm -hmm. far. So that is where he's in a three ninjas movie. Uh, the, the high noon at Mega Mountain doesn't the, happen without Hulk Hogan. That's the peak, dog. Yeah. So that is the height of Mega Mountain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> climb the summit. But uh, all of that is to say that's where we get this particular event. But I, I love WCW wrestling. I love NWA wrestling. It, I prefer it to, in the 80s, I prefer the NWA to WWF. Yeah, a total package or just in ring? Um, j- just in ring. Uh, I mean, the WWF was probably, it was more characters. Mm-hmm. Way more. WWF was? Yeah. Uh, and everybody's got a gimmick. Everybody's got a job. Everybody's got uh, an animal of some description. Dude, you know me, bro. I'm a sucker for all yeah. that. But the wrestling, the wrestling is so bad. I bet it would bother you. 
Really? Because yeah, those dudes aren't interested in match quality because they've got to work 300 days a year. Oh, yeah. So they, they could not care less. They're just trying not to get hurt. Yeah. And so, like, all of the matches are bad by and large. There are bright spots. But the NWA, it's much more Southern. It's much – they are trying to convince you wrestling is real. Even if yeah. you don't want to believe it, they want, They are trying to convince you. They really – yeah. I, 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 I could definitely see that. And there was a point where they said that they're, like, the hottest pay-per-view – uh, in the world or something like that and yeah. like i didn't even know any of the things you were talking about right now and i was like no you're not yeah no, you're not. there's a there's uh, like a b-level porn that beats you guys on the on yeah. the, whatever saturday my, night this was on or sunday mike tyson is still fighting yeah good luck son <laughs> unless yeah. he's in so, prison at that time yeah. i can't remember when um, he went to prison but the nwa in the 80s it's all southern like it's a it's heat and it's blood and it's like everybody is really it looks like a real fight or as yeah. close to a, an approximation to a real fight as wrestling could be and there's some characters but it's not nearly it wasn't as nearly for kids as the wwf was in the 80s so like if i go back and watch stuff the nwa the in-ring is better the stories are better the like it's the type of wrestling that i enjoy more but wwf was without question the more successful venture well that makes sense with the ted turner versus vince mcmahon conversation ted turner's in the wrestling business and the wrestling was better but vince mcmahon's in the entertainment business and the entertainment was uh what what the show was about yeah and the entertainment i mean vince sold to kids so uh, like it was merchandise and it was dolls and it was t-shirts and it was all these things that were for kids so all the characters were like very broad cartoon you don't want it to look like two dudes are actually trying to kill each other uh-huh. in the ring you know you you want it to it's it's almost like power rangers it looks like two you know two guys are fighting but nobody's in any real danger of getting hurt yeah but uh did they that's, did, did wwe have blood at the time they did but not nearly as much in the main events there would occasionally be blood. Who's the but big they, guys in WWE at, uh, F at the time? Um, in the eighties and early nineties, take a name out of a hat. Man, you got Macho Man Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Million. Oh, Dollar so Man, this was well. What about in ninety six? In ninety six, uh, things have flipped. So the big names in ninety six are Bret the Hitman Hart. Okay. Uh, Diesel, Shawn Michaels is on the come up. He had just won the WWF title when this event happened for WCW. Okay. Um, Razor Ramon, but WWF is in a down there at the bottom of where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. And whenever this particular event comes up. So WCW is actually, I don't know that I would say it's the better of the two wrestling companies because Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart are better in ring wrestlers, but WCW had turned the corner mm-hmm. as far as becoming a popular thing because they had taken hulk hogan so they had the most recognizable star it would be like if a new mma company opened up and they took conor mcgregor yeah like and maybe not even that that would be that amazing big. yeah but maybe not even that because hulk hogan to a lot of people is pro wrestling and like, this was was 96's height like no, well that, i mean his height was probably extended but like was was he as hot as he ever was at that time or no he was or profitable on, at least he was on the downtrend, but he was profitable because he was making WCW money. Like, yeah. you know, at that particular point, but the, 
uh, he was past his prime. WWF had let him not let him go, but they had sort of moved on and said to him, like, we we're trying to go with a younger demographic and a younger group of guys because we realize we need to replenish the shelves basically. And if you're here, you're going to want to keep winning and you're going to want, and you're going to make it hard for the new guys to get over because no one's as popular as Hulk Hogan. So we need you off the show to introduce new guys. Yeah. Dana kind of does that. Um, Dana did that with like Rory McDonald. Um, and there's, there's certain fighters that are still UFC caliber, caliber um, Chris Cyborg that, uh, all they're going to do is beat the shit out of all your contenders and, but they're never going to make you that much money. And, um, they ask for more than you're willing to pay them, even if they're asking for something that they're worth, you know what I mean? Uh, cause Dana notoriously underpays everybody. Um, but I, I could see how that works, especially, uh, especially in wrestling because Hulk is going to be an, uh, attention vacuum like Connor kind of was, um, where, you know, nothing seems like a big match if Hulk isn't involved or not like it, like when Connor was when Connor knocked out Eddie Alvarez, there were still big fights after that, like in terms of like the the following year or whatever. But nothing felt like a Connor McGregor fight anymore, even to the right. people like me who like I love I, I, I really enjoyed the guy, but I was a huge fan of a lot of other people. He was never my favorite fighter. You know what I mean? But nothing felt like a Connor McGregor pay-per-view. So it's probably the same thing with uh with Hogan at the time where like, if I keep this guy around, he's just this attention vacuum. That is great. I mean, he was, I'm not the biggest fan of Hulk Hogan. I've never really gotten it. I don't, I think I was too late. You know what I mean? But, um, he's a legend and you're never gonna, is, is that kind of what it was at the time where it's like, I can't put anybody, I can't put a different match in there and it be as big as a Hulk Hogan main event. Yeah. Well, in my estimation, it's, it's two things into, I think, I, there might be people that I don't know. I don't want to presume for the audience, but like the reason that we make parallels to the USC is because it's the closest sort of analog to what wrestling is while not being wrestling. And Dana learned you a know? lot from Vince. You, he takes even a lot of the ways that he uh, deals with like PR stuff from Vince, like he, and their friends, like he's, he's been open about it. So um, that's, <laughs> I'm going to draw a lot of parallels get ready. Cause uh, well, that's, that's just how I see things a lot of the time, you know? Well, and it's, and it's good to do that because what I, what I think it is, it's a couple of things. One again, in, in UFC, whenever you have a guy aging out, not that they do it on purpose, but a guy's skills will begin to diminish and you can naturally phase that guy out. Like yeah. Tony Ferguson, who we both love he's not the guy he was five years ago. And so you can start to move him down naturally. And then you don't have to worry about him having really anything to say about it. Cause if he keeps losing fights, you can't, you're just going to keep not... knocking him down the ladder. But then, but then you have guys like Jose Aldo who gets smoked by Connor in 13 seconds, gets uh, beat by Max Holloway twice in a row. And then has just been steady beating up prospects that are getting just to the top of that division. Uh, I, I'm sure he's a real pain in Dana's ass because in wrestling you can you can book him out of it, you know what I mean? Right. But but uh, in in MMA if 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 they if they if they start to decline, they're not the best anymore, but they're still better than all these guys. Right. Um, you can run into a real problem. Uh, but in wrestling, you at that point you still have to convince Hulk Hogan to lose to these guys. You have to make it. Yeah. 
to Hulk Hogan's benefit and try to sell him on the idea that like, no, 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 you need to pass the torch to Bret Hart or to Shawn Michaels or to whoever your guy is, right? And in wrestling, that's a lot harder to negotiate because Hulk Hogan doesn't think that his time has passed. And yeah. because it is a predetermined fight, Hulk Hogan can go out and drop a leg drop on somebody for 30 years. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not the same. The skills aren't as diminished. But if Hulk Hogan's not drawing as your top guy anymore and you need new top guys, where do you put Hulk Hogan? Because Hulk Hogan doesn't go in the middle of the card. You can't yeah. put him on after intermission in the third match, you know, like, so you're in a real tough spot. He's got to either be the main event or, and be in the main event mix. But if he's in that mix, does he want the belt or does he want to be close to the belt? Is he willing to lose versus you can't put him in the opening match against guys anymore. So you're really stuck. So I think that's where they were at, where they just said like, we can't find a place for you that suits what you think you are worth and what we think you can still do for us. Yeah. And so, and he had said that he wanted to go to Hollywood to make movies and that he would never run against Vince. And so Vince was like, okay. So they sort of retired him or let him leave. And then he went to make his movies, which were bad. Um, And he met Eric, he met Eric Bischoff, who's the, at this point in time where we're at our timeline, he is the vice president of WCW. Okay. And he starts talking to Hogan about coming back. Hey, do you want to come and wrestle for us instead? And there was one big match out there because they had never done a pay-per-view match of Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan, who are the two biggest stars of the 80s who had never, they had wrestled in some house shows for WWE, but they had never wrestled each other on a pay-per-view, right? And so that's a, that's a huge match because you've got what people consider to be the best dude of the, the two best dudes of the eighties is Ric Flair, a better wrestler than Hulk Hogan is Hulk Hogan, a better wrestler than Ric Flair. Who's the best. And it's North versus South and it's NWA versus WWF. It's got all these elements in it. And so they, they sign Hogan. Hogan decides to go with them because they give him a ridiculous amount of money and he's got like pay-per-view back end points and he's got merchandise points. I think, I heard once, whether it's true or not, he got a cut of whatever merchandise WCW sold. Like not just Hulk Hogan merchandise. If you bought a Lex just, Luger shirt, fuck yeah, good for. I don't even like Hulk Hogan, but yeah, yeah <laughs> stick it to the man. That, he got that Jack Nicholson Batman deal yeah. where Nicholson got money on everything that got sold. So they come out and they do Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. That's the first thing they do. They announce Hulk Hogan's wrestling for them. Then they announce that we're doing Hogan versus Flair at this pay-per-view. And it's the biggest selling WCW pay-per-view of all time. And of course it is because Hulk Hogan is the biggest star in wrestling by a lot. And now WWF doesn't have the biggest star in wrestling also by a lot. There's, they don't even have a close second guy popular as Hulk Hogan is who's actively wrestling, you know? So WCW starts picking off. Little by little, the WWF guys, they they wanted Macho Man Randy Savage to retire. He thought he could still wrestle, so he does the same thing Hogan does. He leaves. He comes to WCW. Then the next year, Lex Luger, who was wrestling for WWF and was kind of a – he started in the NWA. It's kind of a perennial mid-carder in WWF. They tried to make him the next Hogan. It didn't stick. He leaves his WCW – his WWF contract – 
to come back to WCW as a surprise on their first Monday night show. And so WCW's got all this momentum going their way and WWF is all the kids that grew up watching WWF are now teenagers and they aren't as into the hokey shit that WWF is doing if they're into wrestling at all, Mm -hmm. you know? So they're aging out their fan base, but they're not doing anything to capture anybody new. And so they're just kind of stuck. Yeah. And so while this show, I know we were, we went way off, but like while uncensored 96 in a vacuum, uh, spoiler alert, we'll still talk about it. Stinks real bad. Yeah. It is a moment. It is the momentum that is going to take WCW to the top for uh, almost two years. How far, how long before this was the flair versus Hogan? Uh, Flair versus Hogan was in July of 94. Oh, so Hogan had been around in WCW for uh, almost two years when Uncensored 96 hit. Was So you said Flair versus Hogan was the biggest selling pay-per-view ever uh, for WCW. Um, Did uh, did it get a good reception? Uh, Not... Not really, because Hogan went over. Of course, Hogan goes over, right? He beats Flair. And then they do a return match at an event called Halloween Havoc that year where Flair has to retire uh, because he loses again to Hulk Hogan. So it it felt like a mirror of WWF in the same way that, like, Hogan comes in, he brings all of his friends with him that he, that and the work rate and the wrestling quality for WCW plummets. Cause even if it wasn't super popular, there's a lot of good wrestling before Hulk Hogan gets there. Yeah. And then he starts bringing in all of his old WWF friends and it just looks like, yeah, it looks like those Bellator cards or those strike force cards where it's like, Oh man, like Tito, you're making, you're promoting Tito Ortiz versus Randy Couture like now. Yeah, that you know, and but to the casual fan, they don't give a shit. Hulk Hogan's on TV, so you know the the problem they kind of ran into was they didn't have a lot of people for Hogan to wrestle besides Ric Flair that were super interesting. Like so, once you burn through that series of matches, it and if Hogan is always winning, then you're killing all of your heels. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. So by like, I would say that this is a a big event happens not long after Uncensored 96 that like flips the script, but Hogan is at the end of his goodwill for like coming over, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and you know, cause you, some, you sometimes give somebody a pass, like if they change it up or do something in entertainment, you're like, Oh, okay. So like, we're with this guy again. We were sort of over him. Now we're back with him. Uh, Like Tom Cruise made a bunch of movies in a row that weren't particularly good. Then he like bust this new mission impossible. That's like fantastic. And you're like, all right, man, I'm you, you've won me for two more mission impossible movies at Mm -hmm. least. Yeah. Who did, who did Faye Dunaway play in mommy dearest? I forgot what the actress. uh, Oh, um, Joan Crawford, Joan Crawford, uh, that kind of happened to Joan Crawford. Uh, she got dropped by her uh, movie studio because she wasn't selling movies anymore. Um, 
and then she did the movie that got her, her Oscar. I can't remember what movie it was. I was what her like her her most famous role or whatever, and it just resparked her career. I think it was momentarily. I don't know. If, I don't know if she was like killing it after that, but it's it sounds like the same type of trajectory. You know what I mean? Right. Well, and now Hogan's being seen by a whole group of new fans that he's not seen by. You know, he's touring new places. He's it's he's got a few new guys to work with. But by this point, they've just recycled all of his old WWF foils to WCW and new terrible gimmicks. And the Dungeon of Doom has happened. Hmm. And it's not uh, hot. It's not hot. There are no Hulkamaniacs. There turns out there are no more Hulkamaniacs here. Was that from Uh, WCW? That is WCW. Fuck, I thought that was WWF. That's like the worst moment in wrestling history. Uh, There are no no Hulkamaniacs here? Right, yeah. Other than people dying or like uh, uh, something like horribly offensive that you look back on as like, ooh, or Vince saying the uh, N-word. There's no Hulkamaniacs here is maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. But it's, it's also, because of that, one of the best things I've ever seen. Oh, oh. Where am I? There's no Hulkamaniacs here. I've never been here before. Ah, It's not hot. Where is this place? I know you. I know you too. You tour behind the demise of Hulkamania. I know about the Zodiac. And I'm sure we'll do a episode on just that fucking yeah. six minutes of wh- yeah. whatever it is, because that is like it is it is drilled into my brain. Yeah. Anyway. So this is the end of that. And then WCW will flip the script and they will like they will take all this sort of momentum they've been building anyway yeah. uh, on some of the stuff that we'll talk about in the uncensored show yeah. and turn that into like them seriously being the hottest wrestling company for about two years. The only buddy, the only person that can ever say that they beat Vince McMahon straight up for any amount of time and nearly put WWF out of business. Is Ted Turner's crazy ass? Yeah, well, Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff. Oh yeah, who, Bischoff, who was who was running it. But um, that is why, if we're we're getting to the to the crux, everybody, we're getting to the crux of this thing after our wild our wild journey. We talked about Batista's balls. We yeah. talked about uh, <laughs> uh, us knowing each other, being besties. We yeah, talked about our history in wrestling. We talked about the uh, early wrestling, and now we're gonna get to the point. God yeah. damn it! So the I. Uh, my pitch to Andrew was I want to do a deep dive and sort of the wrestling, the podcast as a general, as an idea is deep dives into various things that Andrew hasn't seen uh, by and large that I think are interesting, starting with the year 1997 um, after this uncensored pay-per-view, just because this is fun and it's bad and it's fun to make fun of, but like as a deep dive, the year 1997 to me is the it's my favorite year of pro wrestling. Yeah. Um, because WCW is at its very best as far as 
the the height of power that it has. It has a more profitable year in 98, but as far as everything coming together, 97 is the best for me. Okay. Um, and WWF, in their desperate attempt to not go out of business, turns to the, adi- the beginning of the Attitude Era, where they say like, okay, well, WCW is doing this. We need to not be a cartoon. We need to do more teen related or more serious adult related things while still being a wrestling show and they start to turn it and you can see they start taking stars and making stars like the rise of stone cold steve austin bret hart turns heel in 97 mankind gets over as a baby face you know i'm excited for that uh, bret hart because i haven't seen much of bret hart i've seen some but not not a whole lot of him yeah. and i know he's like uh i'm not sure he's he wouldn't be like a like a mount rushmore guy because i think you only get four of those but he's like one of the guys you know what i mean and i'm just not that familiar with him except for those stupid glasses so yeah and uh don't uh don't badmouth those glasses i bought them at my first wrestling event that i went to live of course you did and i'm sure you lost them last year and bought a new pair no i smashed them almost immediately because they were very poorly made. Well, and I bet um, his were. That's where I, another thing I was going to say. Like, I bet if he's wrestling, like, uh, and he's like walking out in those, I bet he had uh, 50 pairs of them and they were made for $7. Yeah. Um, but he, he turns heel, which is character wise the most interesting breath the Hitman Hart. He's a great wrestler. There's a lot of great wrestling matches with Bret Hart as a, he's a great baby face, all of those things. But his most interesting character is in 97. You have Shawn Michaels running around from all accounts being just a giant prick but also being the best wrestler in the world like he's both he believes that he can be a because he is b he's the the best guy in ring that they got and it's like the seeds of degeneration x start vince russo starts writing tv for wwf which becomes a whole thing is the road dog around Road dogs around, but you're not going to like it at first. Okay. He's the, yeah, it's a rough, it's a, it's a rough time for him, but you get to see the, the fits and starts of this thing that becomes a giant, like monolith of pro wrestling. Like any time that somebody talks about them liking pro wrestling or how cool pro wrestling was, it is 25 years ago to, to well, 23 22 years ago that they are referencing because the attitude era of pro wrestling was everybody liked wrestling. Everybody in my high school suddenly watched wrestling after years of tormenting me about it because suddenly it was cool. Dude. I, I love watching the, just the wall of signs and the hottest crowds you'll ever see in your life. A bunch of just ne'er-do-wells sitting in the crowd and children. Like yeah. just maniacs and children and, well, and, and just lingerie pillow fights, bikini contests, just in front of children. Just, yeah. and like, everybody's like, like it's, it is so nineties. It is the, it might be the most ninety. It's more nineties than saved by the bell. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like just how, and I'm doing air quotes, cool. A lot of this was, and like, and it was cool, but like we look back on it now and it's air quotes. Cool. And like, right. And so, I am so excited and I, 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 that's why I was excited to do this is because I, I love the deep dive um, format. I love the, I love, cause I want to know the story. 
Like, I want to know how that happened. And I love that you picked 1997. I'd love to, and I'm sure eventually we will do the Attitude Era, uh, which would be a lot of fun. But I don't think, I think, a, I think a lot of people would have started with the Attitude Era. Um, it's probably the, the most fun. It's probably the easiest to do. It might even get the most clicks. Um, it actually probably would get the most clicks, to be honest. Uh, but the story leading into that, I think, as, a, as I, I'm, it, it could have been told a million times. Um, I'm guessing it hasn't. And, and as a, as a uh, tangential wrestling fan or an outside looking in wrestling fan, uh, I've never heard this story. Uh, except for like, I'm sure you and I have talked about little like, bits and pieces of it because I used to just pick your brain all the time. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to do, uh, how, many, how many episodes did we say? 12 or 13? I have 13 pay-per-view events picked uh, for 1997 because the great thing about wrestling and uh, podcasting in theory is like we could do as much as we want and there's so much to go yeah. back through. And I'm sure if we put if we put out a list of the episodes we plan to do as sort of the the primer for 97 there's stuff that's going to get missed somebody's going to say why didn't you pick this yeah. thing instead of that thing i'm just trying for sanity's sake and also for brevity's sake 13 episodes of brevity uh yeah. to pick the big sort of talking point events and then if we want to go back you can fill in the monday night raws and the monday nitros or the the pay-per-view events we miss or whatever but the pay-per-views i think are the best way to directly compare wwf and wcw at the time it's it's the best checkpoints because it's where they tell their biggest story like the i i, I and i learned that in um and when i was watching wrestling the most with you guys um the most i ever watched was in 2001 2002 uh, i watched every single smackdown um and some sometimes I was somehow able to watch Raw because I didn't have cable. But somehow I was able to watch Raw every once in a while. Maybe I had a friend or something. I can't remember. But um, watching the just the pay-per-views a couple years ago and before that, so for like a two-year period, you I, know, I realized how you can really see, like you don't obviously know everything, but you can see the story throughout it. And I think that's going to really help because they, you know, as you, even you were talking about way back in the day, um, you did the, the, you, you changed the lore with your TV matches. Like you, you, if you wanted somebody, if you wanted everybody to know what's going on in your store, you did it on TV. I feel like with, with WWE now it's gotten a little cheap because they have so much weekly TV, but like, especially back then there's probably a cohesive line through the pay-per-views that we can go really go by. And I'm, I am open to, um, if we, we have this, this route that we want to go, if like we're on one of the episodes and you're like, yeah, this happens on the next WWE pay-per-view, but we're doing the WCW pay-per-view. And I'm like, no, dude, I want to see that. I'm down to do like double episodes at some point. Or like if we, if we need to extend it, I don't want to, uh to the listeners i don't want to we don't want to give you like we want to give you a, a lot and enough and enough to where it is um sufficient and uh, everybody feels satisfied including us we don't want to give you to like like to where we're stretching it out and where we're doing this like oh they did 1997 in wrestling but it took a year and a half uh that's that we don't think that's the best way to tell a story uh and so i think you know, if we, if we take it to, 
I think 13 is a good pocket. We have it chronologically throughout the year. Um, uh, we're going to be switching. Not every time it's not a, a, a back and forth, back and forth situation, but we will be going WC, WWE and WCW, whatever Dusty uh, plots us out throughout the year. And we're going to tell the story of uh, 1997 in wrestling um, in an anthology, if you will. I think that's the proper usage of the term. Yeah, and I think that's, uh, yeah, an anthology, I think, is the best way to put it. And I, like, I can do fill in for for you as far as the TVs, because the TVs are can be kind of a slog. Also, it's, you know, two hours of match, a lot of wrestling matches that don't mean anything. And the pay-per-views yeah. have that too, but at least it's a contained story and there are video packages to sort of fill you in i think it's the best thing because it also represents what they wanted you to pay for you know yeah like they're trying to sell you for i think 35 dollars at that time watch these matches because mm-hmm. these matches are important and the way that wwf and wcw like present their products in those ways is super interesting to me and indicative of like what eventually happens in the story. But I think if you're going to tell the attitude era story, the best way to even start it is to start in 97 because that's the seeds that eventually lead to it. Yeah. You can't just start. Oh yeah. By the way, everything's fucking crazy now. You, you have to work your way into it and, and talk about how it evolves into that. And I think especially on our first episode of the anthology, um we might i we we haven't we haven't figured this out yet we're either going to lead the first episode and have like a pay-per-view we watched that week but still lead with the story leading up to this um you heard a lot of it today but um we'll we'll have kind of a uh, a primer so you understand where it was before what we are going to go through and then we'll 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 go through the year and either depending on how we decide to to do it the last episode we'll talk about what happens next like well, okay you saw this last pay-per-view this is what happens next or we'll jump right into that other story um but it depends on how we feel uh it doesn't really depend on how many of you listen like <laughs> I, th- I think we're just gonna keep doing this and uh i i hope people listen but um i i just think this is gonna be a good time and it's really interesting to me even as a non-wrestling fan i love hearing how this happened and, and uh, how we got to where we are today, because you see elements of both good and bad. You see elements of both pre this era and a lot of trying to recapture the magic of the era that follows um, in yeah, Andrew, what we go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say Andrew's least favorite thing. Uh, member berries coming back. Now yeah to and and now you'll know the member berries yeah so. i just i really don't like the fucking rick flair comes out he's 80 years old and he's 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 on dementia medication he's elbowing his jacket and everybody's like god damn it my ass the nature boy he's ever he's ever been as good as he ever was and then fucking uh uh <laughs> the bushwhackers come out and one of them's they can't even do the arm thing because one of them's got the, the stinking two canes. And I it yep. sucks that he's got two canes. I'm not making fun of the man, but like I, I it's it's cool that they I guess it's cool to present those guys because it's like at Yankee Stadium, they bring out Yogi Berra. But right. like 
the I guess the difference is coming out and then like playing your character when now kayfabe is broken and like I it, it I I really need to I need to go see a therapist and ask him why seeing old retired wrestlers come out as their character drives me nuts like I don't want tugboat to wear that anymore is tugboat alive he's dead right I gotta think tugboat there's uh, no way I, the well great, I'm surprised tugboat was alive when he was tugboat right that's Fred Ottman shockmaster rest in peace I forgot it's the same guy. Yep. Uh, hella alive, the tugboat. Good for him. Hey, Shout out you know Fred what? Ottman. I, I've i already mourned tugboat, so whenever it eventually happens, I you know it's not going to be as big a shock to me. Yeah. So Sometimes that happens. I'll, I'll think someone has passed away, which is terrible, but I'll have in my brain already reconciled that. And so then when I hear the announcement that they actually passed away, I, I can't go back and and have to refeel those feelings it's more yeah. of a shock that they were the like i've already done the morning that i need to do you know yeah and that 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 happened to somebody i know with don rickles it didn't happen to me with don rickles because i'm i'm a, a aficionado i, I was right. a, i was a, i was a, i stalked don rickles but uh it's it, it is a weird thing when something like when abe vagoda died uh yeah. i was never like <laughs> a fan club member of Abe Vigoda. I didn't buy the shirts. You know what I mean? But when he died, I was like, God damn, Abe Vigoda made it to now. Yeah. Good I... for you, Abe Vigoda. And also rest in power, Abe Vigoda. Oh, dude. Miss you. Yeah. Love you. Miss you. Well, who's the guy that was <laughs> never mind. <laughs> I was it... say, that's a, I think that's as a, that's a good a point. As any. Just yeah. Uh... Abe, Abe Vigoda passed on. Tugboat still here. We remember you, Tugboat. You know, one yeah. day we'll we'll do an in memoriam. In the Rest arms of... of an angel. I That's... yeah, we'll do it. Well, when Tugboat dies, we're both gonna buy like shitty Tugboat uh, uniforms. Yeah, and just and we'll... maybe not even mention him on the podcast. Just have a video podcast, and we're just wearing the Tugboat uniforms the whole time. Yeah, everyone will know. All of yeah. our fans are ah. out. Thousands and thousands of fans will by then know the, the about tugboat. They're doing it for the tug, the tugger. Uh, yeah. the, little known fact: when uh, when Jay Muse said "Do it, Doug" in uh, Mallrats, it was originally uh -huh. "Do it, Tug." He's talking to tugboat. Uh, right, right. Also, a uh, little known fact for you: mm -hmm. uh, originally uh, at WrestleMania Seven. Hulk Hogan was going to wrestle a newly turned heel tugboat who was an Iraqi sympathizer during the first Iraq war. And they were going to call him Sheik tugboat. He didn't even change the tugboat name. It was just Sheik tugboat. <laughs> no, he's it's, that's fucking, that's the laziest. Like he just, and, and, and he just came out with a falafel. <laughs> yeah. But they changed it to Sergeant Slaughter for not that same guy. Yeah. Sergeant Slaughter played tugboat, so so I should. No, no, no. I'm I'm sorry, Sergeant. They oh, changed. he went to wrestle. Okay, okay. I was like, yes, that's not they, the same guy. He had a square no. face, Sergeant Slaughter. T tugboat was replaced with Iraqi sympathizer Sergeant Slaughter instead. So still, Sergeant Slaughter turncoat. Yeah, turncoat oh, Sergeant Slaughter. Big time. He got sent wrestling boots by Saddam Hussein in the story. Oh, I was going to say in real life, that'd be hilarious. No, that's uh, uh, fucking son, Saddam Hussein sitting at home with his fucking, he's got a sign. Yeah. 
liberate tugboat (laughs) i believe the uh the reasoning was they didn't think that this thing in kuwait was going to be nearly as bad as it was and then it turned into a real war and they couldn't get out of it they really yes they struggle they jump the gun sometimes i'll jump in the gun vince that's what happens when you tow the line though you know what i mean yeah Uh, the tugboat line i'm not and i'm not i'm not a vince mcmahon apologist because there's certain times when we towed the line that uh I'm wagging my finger at you, Vince. You don't yeah. tow that line, Vince. Uh, uh, he's a real scoundrel sometimes. He's you know? a real scoundrel. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so that's that is uh, kind of an intro to us. That is an intro to what we're gonna do. Uh, we hope you stick around. Uh, we're the plan is to release weekly, and I think we're gonna stick to that. And then we'll eventually have some visual video elements. Uh, some I've got some cool ideas, some cool things coming down the. Uh, the old uh, tunnel there. I didn't, I, I didn't plan that sentence and I guess the tunnel is the right thing to say. Um, but we're, we're, we're going to be on YouTube. We're going to be on Instagram. Uh, we're going to be, I believe on TikTok. We will also be on Twitter. I will probably uh, be the most active on Twitter because it's my favorite one. Uh, we might make a Facebook just because that's the only one Dusty has because he's old. But um, uh, you should, if you have a Facebook, go ahead and, and, uh, and uh like our page uh but you shouldn't have facebook why do we have a facebook you know what i mean yeah like, just uh just so that i can keep up with people from my high school to and what uh, terrible opinions they have <laughs> yeah pretty much um who do i yeah, avoid at target <laughs> that's, I, that's, and, that's why i have facebook and i would yeah and if we you know people join the instagram or the twitters or or any of those things i'd love ideas for stuff you'd want us to cover if you like the show uh don't let me know if you don't like the show because i don't care um but the um the other things would be like if you want to talk about wrestling if you are interested in us doing different stuff uh more of some things less of other things whatever i you know it's it should be a thing where anybody who listens to this can be involved and i'd really enjoy that because uh wrestling fans can be fun as long as everybody is cool yeah uh and, yeah, and, and yeah. you can give us some like constructive uh, criticism in, in in the sense of like on my last podcast, uh, the people would tell us like if our mic sounded bad or like if anything like that, uh, uh, just just hit us in the DMs, whatever whatever you want to talk about. Uh, if 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 it's a wrestling centric thing and you just want to talk to somebody about wrestling, uh, Dusty's your man, and I'll make sure he gets the uh, the message. Um, if it's like technical stuff or like, and, and, and if you have anything to suggest, uh, I will share it with my friend here and I'm sure he'll have all the passwords and all that shit. And, uh, yeah, we, we want, we're, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. Um, I'm going to learn a lot. Uh, I don't know if anybody, uh, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure people will learn something, even if you know a lot about wrestling, um, I'm sure you will learn something and, uh, we're going to have a good time and we're going to do one-offs too. Uh, so like starting with WrestleMania 96, and then uh, we'll go from there. So um, stick around for the tugboat hot takes. That, yeah. That's what you should be here for. So, uh, but yeah, uh, welcome to the channel. Hope everybody has a good time. Love you.